Hey, this is Colette and welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. If you struggle with weight, food, body image and never-ending diets, just like I used to, well, then let me help you figure this food thing out. I want to help you transform your life so you can change the way you think, feel and behave around food. And that means you can quit diets. Yep, I said it. I said you can quit diets. Believe me, it is doable. You just have to learn how to work with your unconscious mind and not against it. So join me each week as I break down how you can do this and how to activate your natural ability to eat for your body and quit diets forever. Hey guys, so in today's podcast, Wait No More, Unleashing the Power of Mindset in Weight Loss. Now, if you can read this rather than just hearing my voice, is a play on words here. I thought I was being clever. <laughs> weight as in, you know, weight, and then weight as in W-A-I-T. But whatever, let's start today. So what do I mean um, when I'm talking about your mindset, the power of mindset in uh, weight loss. I do talk about this a lot. I've recently had, um, I'm actually going to make it into a podcast, but I recently had a couple of videos and stuff about um, changing the way you think, which has such an impact on your life, right? So so t- today we're going to be digging into like the biggest obstacles that you may face in your weight loss journey. And you know what? They're not all the cookies in the cupboard. They're not all the pizza that you can't resist or the ice cream. These are the invisible obstacles, the ones that are like stuck there in your head that um, you probably deal with every day, whether you realize it or not. But they are just as real. They live in our minds and they it really influence our behaviors and our choices. And if you have a certain goal where you want to lose some weight and you are finding yourself struggling to get there then I want you to take a look at this stuff that's going on and see you know because it is just as responsible for sabotaging you as that packet of cookies is or that tub of ice cream or for me it would have been a big bag of chips and chocolate so let's look at some of these barriers right One of the first barriers I want to talk about is the fear of failure. And it's that voice in your head telling you, oh, what if I can't do this? Or, oh, what if I give up midway? Or even if, what if I lose the weight and then I gain it all back? Now, have you ever had these thoughts in your mind? I mean, there's a lot more of them, but let's just look at those few there. It's a really common fear, right? And sometimes it's so paralyzing that it can stop you from even starting because there's that part of you that's saying, don't even bother because you know what? It's just not going to work out anyway. So it's a really common fear and it's very paralyzing that sometimes, as I said, we don't even start it. So um, a second barrier that we have is self-doubt. And it's like having this internal critic that's always ready to tear you down, telling you you're not strong enough. You don't have the willpower to succeed in losing weight. You're never going to do this. You've tried this a million times before. You've never managed to do it fully. Yeah, you lost weight last time, but you gained it back. I mean, and again, take a minute to think whose voice is that? Is it yours or is it someone else's voice in your head from past experiences, right? And then there's the other one, like that real impatience for results, instant gratification. I need it now. And we're in a very fast paced world. We, we pick up our phone and we Google 
How do you boom and you get a million different options, whatever it is you're looking for. But weight loss is not instant. It would actually be very dangerous if it was instant. It's a gradual process and and kind of, this is what not, not what a lot of people want to hear, but the gradual way you do this um, by changing everything about you, the way you think about food, feel about food and behave around food, that's the sort of gradual process where you lose weight that sticks because you've changed what's going on in the inside with your relationship with food. And and not seeing immediate results can often lead to frustration and demotivation. And demotivation. Have you ever had a wedding or a holiday coming up and you're like, oh, I've got to lose weight to get into that dress for this wedding? Maybe you bought a size too small. Maybe it's a size that you've worn before and you love that dress and you just need to lose a little bit of weight to get in that dress. Or you're going on vacation and you're like, I don't want to go on vacation like this. I want to feel comfortable in my swimsuit. So these are the things that, because if you can't lose weight immediately, and we often do these crash diets that totally mess up our mind. How many crash diets have you been on that maybe worked, maybe didn't work, but you gained it all back afterwards? They just don't last because they're not doing anything but restricting food. And at some point, your body's going to say, okay, that's enough. You're starving yourself. I don't like this. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, Now you need to eat. And uh, until you learn to work with your body, it's going to be a very hard thing to overcome. So perfectionism is another sneaky barrier. And it tells you, well, if I can't do this perfectly, then it's not worth doing. But let's be honest, is there such a thing as a perfect weight loss journey? No. What what would that be? Like only eating the, the perfect amount of calories every day or, or you know, never straying and having that cookie and, and not feeling bad about not having that cookie for a start. So the problem with the perfectionism is that um, we often find ourselves starting again over and over and over rather than just carrying on. Because if you just have a a day that you ate more food than you wanted to, or a few days like that, maybe at a weekend or something. Um, and instead of saying, okay, well, I'm just going to have to start again next week, or I'm just going to start again on Monday, and you go all in, very super strict, just just carry on rather than making it this big deal. of Because in the real world of weight loss or of anything that you are trying to do in your life, it's it's about ups and downs, right? Rather than a roller coaster of like, oh, up, 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 I overate, I binged, I ate so much crazy stuff this weekend, and then boom, and then you drop down to the hole, well, that's it, now I'm starving myself, and then you can't actually starve yourself because your body won't let you, and then you're just going to gain it all back again, and, and then you're like, you know, cheating again and all that stuff and so that's the roller coaster that we want to avoid we want to keep it more like rolling heels a little bit of up a little bit of down that's the best way to do it when you're gradually making these changes and then lastly we have the comfort zone complacency right sometimes if we're not happy with our current situation it's familiar and it's our comfort zone and making those changes even for a benefit that you want for yourself can be intimidating because it involves stepping into the unknown and your your unconscious mind does not like the unfamiliar it can't predict it it doesn't like it it's always going to pull you back to the familiar and and these are the ways we can sometimes be pulled right back these barriers can be significant roadblocks but I want you to remember that once you start identifying them, that's the first step to overcoming them. All right, so let's dig a little bit deeper into this and understand why these barriers form in the first place and how they can impact your weight loss journey. 
So our brains are wired to survive, um, to prioritise survival, right? Your, your brains are wired to survive. That is your limbic brain, the lizard brain, that, that very first part of our brain that's, that's developed is all about instinct and survival. And that's the part that puts you in fight or flight. Um, because it's all about survival. That's the part that can make you sort of like eat a ton of food, especially if you've been on a diet because it thinks it's starving and it, it thinks that you're not taking care of yourself and you need to eat a ton of food because this way it's going to stop you starving if you if there's no more food available, which we don't live in a world like that anymore, but we used to when we were first made. And this means avoiding threats or discomfort. And in many ways, these mental barriers are, are our, way, our brain's way of um, protecting us from what it perceives as a threat or changes that it thinks could be dangerous. Like, so, for instance, the fear of failure is really your brain trying to shield you from potential disappointment or pain. It doesn't, doesn't want you to be in pain. It only ever wants you to be happy and to survive. And now that makes sense, but how do these barriers become so deep in our behavior and why are they so hard to overcome? So our brains are wired for efficiency. When we respond to a situation in a certain way, let's say um, by giving up when things get challenging and we repeat that response, you know, like quite a few times, our brain starts creating a neural pathway for that response. It's a shortcut. And it becomes stronger. The more we use that pathway, the stronger it becomes. And this is what we call a habit. And so these barriers become habits and patterns to stress or challenge. Um, it's kind of like the easy way out because challenging ourselves can really put ourselves in an uncomfortable position. And sometimes we have to get uncomfortable. No, what's the word? Yeah, sometimes we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So in a way, these are the barriers that our brain uses to be protective and efficient. And while these responses really can be helpful in some situations, they can also hold us back from achieving our goals and our dreams and losing weight or whatever it is you're going for, that, like that job or being starting your own business or whatever it is, learning to swim if you've never swum before. Just these are the things that it can sometimes hold us back from. And if you don't learn to manage them and work with your mind and body, um, it, you're just going to kind of like stay where you are. So as fascinating as this is, it does give us like a fresh perspective on these barriers. And they're not just bad habits, but they are deep rooted survival mechanisms. So how do we overcome these barriers? So let's take a moment to understand what's actually happening in our brain when these barriers come up. Now, it might sound a bit sci-fi, but trust me, it, it's, it's kind of cool. And it's very much real. You see, your brain is a creature of habit and it loves routine. And because it can predict, it loves the routine. It likes everything to be the same. It likes the predictable. It likes the familiar. It also, it's also pretty good at helping us avoid anything it sees as risky. So when we're trying to make a big change like losing weight, your brain gets a bit jittery um, because your body is not designed to lose weight. If your body is actually designed to gain weight because that's, a, you know, in the, in the days of many, many thousands of years ago when food was a little bit more scarce, when you see food, you eat it all because that is part of how it's going to make you survive because it didn't know food was going to be around for the next few days. So your brain is going to get very jittery because that limbic part of your brain is still there. It's, it's, we don't, it's not there with the conscious part of our brain now. It's still pretty much in charge. It makes 95% of the decisions around the actions you take. So let's take fear of failure as an example. And you might be thinking, what if I can't do this? Or 
what if I regain the weight? And your brain is basically trying to protect you from disappointment, like a well-meaning but slightly overprotective friend. It only wants you to be happy. It doesn't understand this is actually what you want. And I talked about this, like it's like retraining your brain to understand and notice these things and start telling your brain what is important to you. And then it will it can change that. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. So when it comes to self-doubt or impatience, that's your brain once again trying to keep things easy and comfortable. Change is hard and it can be a bit scary. So your brain might resist it and that resistance can sound like a voice in your head that says mm, yeah, you can't do this or this is just taking too long and what's really fascinating is how your brain can turn these thoughts into habits this is where it gets us every time if you've ever driven home and realized that you don't remember the drive you don't remember passing the library or, or whatever it was that you pass every day on your route home if you've experienced this, your brain may drive in a habit so that it could focus on other things. It also means that your brain can make fear, doubt or impatience a habit. It's not doing it to be mean, it's just trying to be efficient. So it's not about getting rid of these barriers, it's about understanding them and learning to manage them. And after all, these barriers are not the enemy, they are a part of us. But we can learn how to make them work for us and not against us. So now that we understand a bit about why these barriers pop up, let's tackle how we can overcome them. Let's start with the two big ones, fear and self-doubt. So you might be wondering, how do I stop fearing failure or doubting myself? So it's not actually about stopping these feelings. It, 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 you can't stop these feelings especially like if you try and stop those feelings, it's just not going to happen. Your body's going to fight you. Your unconscious mind is absolutely going to fight you. What it's about is about changing how you respond to these feelings. So remember, your brain is just trying to protect you, but we can show our brain that there's no danger here, right? That limbic, that lizard brain, there's no danger here. One approach to do this is something called <laughs> cognitive behavioral therapy, or also known as CBT. Now, don't let that scare you, right? It's just a fancy way of saying change how you think to change how you behave, right? And I, I do talk about this a lot. In fact, maybe you're so sick of hearing me talk about this. For example, let's say that you have the thought of, I can't stick to a diet. Well, that's your self-doubt talking, but you can challenge this thought. You might think, well, wait a minute, I've stuck to things before. I learned to cook during quarantine. I learned to make sourdough. I learned to whatever it is you did. I finished that big project at work. I painted the bedroom. You're showing your brain that you can stick to things, that your self-doubt isn't telling you the truth. It's, it's trying to protect you from disappointment. Remember that. So now another way to manage these fears and doubts is through mindfulness. And this is about paying attention to the present moment, including your thoughts and feelings without judging them as good or bad. It's about noticing that fear of doubt, acknowledging it, but not letting it control your actions. And that way, instead of like shoving it down, deep, deep down, because you don't want to feel it, it or just kind of flowing with it, the fact that you're acknowledging it is allowing you to start changing that neural pathway that we actually want to change. So let's say you're about to work out, work out and you think, oh, I'm going to fail. I'm never going to make it to the 30 minutes. This is too hard. I'm never going to make this full thing. So instead of agreeing or arguing with that thought, you can just notice, oh, oh, and I want you to name it. There's that fear of failure. Oh, that's okay. I can still feel this fear and do my work anyway. I can still do it and be scared. It's okay. 
So now these techniques might seem a little bit odd at first and they do take practice, especially if these habits that are negative towards your goals and what you want to do are strong. And a lot of times they are strong because they've taken years to build. It's like learning a new language, right? But over time, this can really help change the way you react to fear and self-doubt. And it can make such a big difference in our weight loss journey. But remember, it's okay to seek help. And if these feelings are overwhelming, talking to a mental health professional or someone else can be really helpful. You are not alone in this journey. So this approach breaks down the concepts of CBT, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness in an easy to understand conversational way that you can do yourself at home, making these powerful techniques feel way more approachable. So let's talk about how our brains can sometimes feel like a bit of a hurdle in our weight loss journey, but let's flip the script and talk about how we can actually use our minds to help us reach our goals. Now, I talk about visualization a lot. I just want to point out for the people who might be listening, I personally don't see pictures in my mind, but I know a lot of people do. And it took a very long time for me to realize this because what I thought with me is normal. I assumed everyone thought like this. Now, I've been doing hypnosis for a long time and kind of been um, changing it to suit my needs as well, understanding that I don't see pictures. And... um, but during, I think it was during COVID, all the TikToks went around where everyone was like, I see pictures in my brains. And everyone was like, what? You see pictures in your brains? I have a voice narrating everything in my brain. So I want you to think about how you see things. And if you don't see pictures, I'm going to talk about visualization because that's how it's explained. But if you are not seeing pictures in your mind's eye, then, uh, and you're like me, I can still paint these pictures with words and um, and feelings. Feelings is very, very important in all of this, whatever sort of brain you have. So basically, visualization is like creating a movie in your mind where you are the star and you've achieved your weight loss goals. It's about seeing, feeling and hearing what success looks like for you. And it's really important like to create this habit. I want you to imagine waking up in the morning, feeling lighter, full of energy, picture yourself looking in the mirror, loving the reflection you see. Imagine going for a run or yoga or Pilates or whatever it is you like to do and feeling strong, not out of breath, feeling invigorated, feeling revitalized and see yourself trying on the clothes in the size that you want and see how they fit perfectly and see yourself spinning around in the mirror, feeling amazing. So it sounds good, right? But it isn't just daydreaming. Visualization, same as like, you know, people have these uh, vision boards, is a powerful tool that athletes, many athletes, including Tiger Woods, artists, and even really successful business people, CEOs, they all use this to achieve their goals. And it works because your brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined, which is why when you start having these negative thoughts, your brain thinks it's real and it gives you more of those thoughts so what we're doing here is we're kind of visualizing these things that we want and and letting our brain know that this is what's important to us and when we visualize that success regularly our brain starts to believe that it's possible and that it's already happening so how do you do it you set aside a few minutes every day close your eyes take deep breaths and create that movie in your mind and make it as vivid and as detailed as possible 
feel the emotions. It's so important to feel the emotions. Don't just like look at the pictures. You have to feel it. And if you don't see the pictures in your mind like me, you have to feel it. How do you feel? How do you feel when you're wearing that? How do you feel when you look in the mirror? How do you feel when you walk down the street? How do you feel when you're out and about? It's about feeling it, right? And then just letting that movie play out. Just spend a few minutes doing that every day. Create it as a habit. So it might feel really weird at first if you've never done this, but stick with it because people do this all over now. It's not, it's actually quite common practice. It's not, I mean, at one point it was probably really laughed at, but now people see that it has such a massive benefit because they've done lots of studies on it and you'll find it really becomes natural and you might even start to notice a shift in your motivation and your confidence. I want you to remember your mind is a really powerful ally in your weight loss journey. So let's start using it to our advantage. Um, So far, we've talked about overcoming fears, doubts, and how to harness the power of our minds, right? So let's talk about the journey itself. How do we learn to love this journey of weight loss and lifestyle change, even when it's hard? So when we start a weight loss journey, it's easy to focus just on the goal. I can't wait to lose 20 pounds or I'll be happy when I fit into my old jeans again. And while the goals are really important because you want that vision of where you're going, I want you to think about it as if you're driving to a beautiful vacation spot and you don't just teleport there, right? You travel, you see the changing landscapes, you hop on a plane, you you feel yourself going out, you feel that excitement that's on when you uh, on the journey of getting you to your vacation. You sing along to your favorite songs. You have interesting conversations with whoever you're traveling with. And the destination is exciting, but the journey can be just as rewarding. So this is the same with weight loss, right? The goal is really important, but the journey, the day-to-day changes you're making are the ones where the magic is happening. This is about creating that foundation. It's about learning to enjoy the healthier foods, discovering new ways to move your body, feeling stronger, more energetic, bit by bit by bit. So how do you learn to love this journey? One way is to celebrate the small victories and by celebrating the small victories you are telling your brain you want more of that stuff, right? So did you choose a salad over a burger? Did you um, eat half, did you order french fries but decided you were just going to eat half of them and you were fine with that? So it's a victory. Did you take the stairs instead of the elevator? It's a win. Every little decision that aligns with your goal is a step in the right direction. I want you to celebrate that. Another way is to be kind to yourself. Change is really hard. You'll have ups and downs and, and that's okay. And when you stumble, do not beat yourself up. Instead, ask, Oof, oh, what can I learn from this? Use it as a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. And that is pretty much how any kind of journey towards making a big change in your life is. You have a few failures and you learn from it and you understand what to do different next time. And you dig into why it happened this time. Were you feeling a certain way? Something like that. And now my dog's going to stop barking. And finally, very, very important is remember your why. Why do you want to lose weight? Is it to feel healthier? Is it to play with your kids? Is it to climb a mountain? Are you pre-diabetic? Is it what is the reason that you want to lose weight? Hold on to that reason. And when the journey gets really tough and you don't want to get up that morning because you don't want to put your walk in or count your steps or you don't, you just don't want to eat that for breakfast, just take a minute to center yourself back to that why. And that why will keep you going. But you've got to have a good why reason. Um, it's important that you kind of like check in with that why along the way.
Losing weight isn't just about the number on a scale, right? There are many times you can step on a scale and because there's there's so many different things about salt and composition and stuff like that with your body, the scale can actually be lying to you about what's going on. So you could still lose weight in inches and not lose weight in a number on the scale. So you have to remember that. Losing weight isn't just about the number on a scale. It's actually about changing your lifestyle, growing stronger mentally and physically and becoming the best version of yourself. And that journey, my friends, is something to love and cherish, becoming the person you want to be and stopping when you're there. So this approach makes the process of lifestyle change a little bit more relatable and enjoyable, right? Um, So let's move on to a topic that I love, and that's the art of self-love. Now, I know what you might be thinking, what does self-love have to do with losing weight? Well, my friends, it's got everything to do with it. So when we start this weight loss journey, it's really easy to fall in the trap of thinking, oh, I'll love myself when I lose weight. I will be worthy when I look a certain way. But this kind of thinking can be really damaging and counterproductive. It's like saying you'll love a flower when it's in bloom, but you're not going to nurture it along the way when it's grown from a little seedling, completely ignoring the beauty of its growth. Self-love means acknowledging that you are deserving of love and care right now. And at this very moment, not in some distant future when you've achieved your weight loss goal, it means that treating yourself with the same kindness and patience that you would show a dear friend or someone you love or a child in your life. And self-love plays a really vital role in weight loss because if you think about it, if you love yourself, you take more care of something, right? If you love something, you're willing to put a little bit more effort into taking care of it. And the same applies to your body. By cultivating love for yourself, you're making healthier choices and it's easier to stick to an exercise routine and bounce back after a few setbacks. You can't hate yourself into a thinner body. It just does not work. So how do you practice self-love? It starts with changing the way you talk to yourself, replacing negative self-talk with positive affirmations. Instead of saying, I'm too weak or I'm, you can turn, reframe whatever that negative thought is. I'm getting stronger every day. Instead of saying, oh, I can't do this. Say, I am learning and growing. It's about reframing that negative thought into something positive. And another way to practice self-care is uh, self-love is through self-care. And, and that isn't just about bubble baths and spa days, although, you know, if you like those, we'll who go for that too. I do not. It's about taking time each day to do something that nourishes your mind, body or soul. That could be something as simple as reading a book, going for a walk in nature, practicing yoga, or simply sitting quietly with a cup of tea, painting, drawing, something that you like to do, listening to music. You got the picture So lastly, remember to appreciate your body for what it can do, not just what it looks like. What can it do? What has it done for you? Can it dance? Can it hug your loved ones? Have you given birth to children? Can it breathe, walk, laugh? Your body is incredible. It's an amazing, amazing miracle, actually. And and you are so incredibly unique out of all the millions and millions and millions of people out there. No one is the same as you. It's your vehicle for experiencing life, And it really deserves your love and care. And I want you to remember, the journey to weight loss isn't just about shrinking your body. It's about growing your love and appreciation for yourself. And embracing yourself throughout this journey, the ups and downs of all of it, because you, my friends, are worth it. 
So let's talk about um, how we can bounce back and be a little bit resilient. We've all been there. We start off strong in our weight loss journey, sticking to healthy meals, workout plans, and we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And then life happens. You have a visitor, you have a business trip, you have a weekend, you have a party. You have something that throws you off your routine. And then we have a cheat meal that turns into a cheat week. We skip a few workouts, and before we know it, we've like it's been weeks before you've done something. But here's the thing. Setbacks are not roadblocks. They are speed bumps. Remember I talked to you about those little hills that go up and down, up and down. They may slow you down, but they don't have to stop you. And this is where resilience comes in. So what is resilience? It's the ability to bounce back from setbacks, to get back on the horse when you've been thrown off or the bike or whatever it is. And it's not about falling. It's about getting up every time you fall. So how do we build resilience? Uh, first, we have to change how we view setbacks. Instead of seeing them as failures, see them as opportunities to grow. I know that sounds like, oh my God, here she goes again. And you ate a whole pizza. Okay, what led to that? Were you really hungry? Had you been starving yourself and that was just a pizza in front of you? Or were you bored or stressed? And what can you do differently next time? Another way to build resilience is to practice self-compassion. Um, remember how we talked about self-love? Well, this is where it all comes in handy. Being kind to yourself when you stumble, it's okay to make mistakes. You are human after all. And guess what? Every day is a new opportunity to make better choices. Every day, in every way, I get better and better. And you can say that as a little affirmation to yourself. So lastly, having a support system that can really boost your resilience around yourself with positive, supportive people, not the people that are going to criticize you, not the food police. You don't even have to tell everyone what you're doing because if you tell some of those people, they love to like step in and, and, and say crap that you do not need to hear, right? Um, so surround yourself with the positive, supportive people. If you need an accountability partner and there's someone around you that's good, then then work with that person. But be choosy about who you're going to work with because that someone else's words can really throw you through a loop and, and make you feel bad about yourself. And that's not who we're talking about here. We want someone who's going to help you and support you. Um, a coach, a mentor. It's easy to get on back and back, to back on track when you have people cheering you on. And remember, setbacks are part of the journey, not the end of it. You don't have to stop as soon as you have a setback. With resilience, you can bounce back from these little bumps and stay on track towards your weight loss goal so that you can keep growing and going and knowing that what you've got is what it takes to navigate this journey. So the um, we've explored the mind's role in the weight loss and the barriers we face and the power of self-love and resilience, but what happens now? How do we maintain this new mindset and these new habits for the long haul? Well, let's start reminding ourselves that this journey is not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? It's not a 100-yard dash. It is a marathon. Uh, the quick fixes like the quick diets, the 100-yard dash, what we always seem to fall back on, they might seem really appealing. But if you look back at your history, have they really worked out and lasted in the past? So I want you to remember it's not just about reaching a number on the scale. It's really about creating a healthier, happier, sustainable life. And one of the keys to maintaining your progress is setting realistic, sustainable goals. If you love pizza, don't say, oh, I'm never going to eat pizza again, because Maybe when you decide to eat it once a week instead of every day, maybe you can still have it. If you hate running, don't force yourself to run. 
find a form of exercise that you enjoy. Find another way to move your body. Another thing, uh, another tip is to keep things fresh, like, you know, mix up your meals and workouts to keep things interesting and different. Try a new recipe. Try a new fitness class. Variety is the spice of life after all. And I want you to remember the power of your mind. Keep using visualization to stay focused on your goals and where you want to go. Keep practicing self-love. Nurture your relationship with yourself. You deserve it. You deserve it. Keep celebrating small victories to maintain your motivation. And you know what? You are here for a reason, right? You are put on this earth, your unique self, for a reason. And I want you to stay connected to your why. Why did you start this journey? What is the life that you want? Keeping that vision in in your mind, in your mind's eye, and let it inspire you every day, drive you and remind you why you committed to this journey. So the road to a healthy you isn't always easy, I know that, but remember, every step you take is a step in the right direction where you want to go and every step is worth celebrating and, and celebrate yourself. And here's to you and your journey and to the amazing path ahead because you've got this. And I will see you guys next week. And I would love to hear any thoughts on this. And or maybe in a few weeks you'll get back to me and you'll say, oh my goodness, look what's happening. I would love to hear. So guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. Um, I would love any suggestions for anything that you would like to talk about. Give me your questions, give me your topics, give me your thoughts. And if you are struggling with food, weight or diets and you got value from today, I would love you to write a review. It helps me share my message and I read each and every one. So thank you. If you know anyone who could benefit from this content, please share and subscribe. I would love that too. And I just want to point out that in a world full of dieters and diets and so on and so forth, and if you're in that world, you know what I'm talking about. I always felt so alone with my guilt and my shame about my secret eating. And I just want you to know that you are not alone. I also have a great freebie, which I think I've already put the link there, which is um, figuring out what your weight loss blocker is. Uh, If you're getting stuck, then why don't you go and look and see what resonates with you? Because when you find out what is part of your issue, what's, what's keeping you stuck, your triggers and so on and so forth, that's when you can start making the change, okay? So download the weight loss blocker guide and um, the link is in the show notes. And if you're looking for help, as always, reach out to me. You can work with me one-to-one. You can check out my membership. In my membership, we have hypnosis audios. Um, Every month, we have a new topic, and I can guarantee you almost every layer of losing weight or struggling to lose weight is covered in one topic or another. So check that out. That's on my website, colettesheelkraut.com. And I will check in with you next time. 